Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. We're going to preview week three of the college football season because we are a college football podcast. Believe it or not, that's why we're going to open up with talking about um, accents. Because uh, college football? Mainly because we want to. I'm Spencer Hall, founder of Every Day Should Be Saturday and uh, editor-at-large for SBNation.com. Joining us, uh, Ryan Nanny, who I'm going to call this week, you are the Mayordomo to SBNation.com. How are you? I'm good. Would you say you have an accent? I would not say that you do. Um, it's, you ha- contextual. You, you, it's, you, it's contextual. If I slow down, it becomes a little more pronounced. Yeah, you can like lean into a lilt here and there, but you don't really have an accent. It's it's light. Yeah, it's a light touch. It's, unless, a, dust, um, it's a dusting. I can I, I can I can code switch a little bit. Yeah. Right. I don't know, key switch. Maybe key switching is the better term there. But I can key switch when I have to. Right. If, I'm with, if I'm with my cousin Jason Kirk joining us from Kennesaw, Georgia, it's going to get a little bit thicker. We cousins now? Is that what? Is that what? <laughs> it's Georgia. We're all cousins. <laughs> <laughs> probably true. Probably true. Probably true. Yeah, uh, I feel like I'm in the same situation. Like, I don't think I have an accent and I listen to this podcast every now and then. And I'll say, like, the, I'll just hit a word like, God damn. I, whew. I stuck my foot in that accent, you know. Like I'll be, I'll just hear myself on here going like "now," or sometimes, or sometimes the word itself that the accent is pronounced on is "goddamn." Sure. Yeah. yeah. Got like I think I think there are certain words that are telling, and they're usually words that are used more often. Like for instance, if you're saying, you know, "goddamn," first of all, that's a signal right there. And then do you cut it off? Are you a cut damn or are you a goddamn? Yeah. Are you are you throwing a T in there? Yeah. See, I'm from Tennessee. I'm just going, goddamn. 
But mm-hmm. I, on the whole, it's fairly light. The accent that cracks me up, though, that I cannot... This is what we were discussing right before the show started. Pittsburgh. This is, this is what we were discussing after comparing uh, UConn football to egg whites at Dunkin' Donuts, I believe. But, yes. Because yeah. the, the accent that... Cause we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Let's not open with talking about no, UConn football. No. I'd rather open with making fun of people from Pittsburgh, who I love, and I love your accent. I also want you to know that when you start speaking, it's like I'm having a stroke. If you just cooked toast at the same time, I would legit dial 911. That's how mind-blowing the Pittsburgh accent will be and will always be for me. That you say, that you say instead of towels, you say tiles. Like it's almost like you're like it's almost like you're playing a joke on. Well, me. that's that's why the Steelers can only have quarterbacks that that fit that vocal pattern, like Roethlisberger, like Mike or, Vick, or Neil O'Donnell. <laughs> get some get some tile. They're the only people who actually say gerbs. Charlie Charlie Batch stole his gerb. Charlie Batch down by the creek. <laughs> like. Wow, Ian's, it's the only accent where it's the only accent where I cover my mouth because my jaw's open. Ian's right? want to like, go throw a milkshake at Charlie Batch. <laughs> I'm powerless against it. It's funnier to me than Chicago accents, and Chicago accents are really funny. Listen, well, Frint. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing about the thing about all Midwestern accents is that they are they essentially are the effect of what if people from. Germany and other part, other parts of Eastern Europe, the Eastern Bloc, basically, moved to America and just tried to make fun of us the whole time. <laughs> that's yeah. what that is. That's what that is. It's 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 people from Germanic countries just being like, "Oh, this is what Americans sound like." So, oh, like the Wisconsin accent, more... it's like it's like, come on, that's that's a little over the top. Can I have some more mayonnaise on my lack of universal health care? That's that's a really specific burn, <laughs> like a deeply specific burn. I do I do enjoy the irony of yeah, you guys you guys all sound like you have accents. Mm-hmm. My God, yeah, we elected Scott Walker, you hicks. That's great. <laughs> why don't you learn to? Why don't you come and play some real football up here? Forget, some, real big, some real big boy football up here. Yeah, you know, we deal with the cold just fine. Yeah, I just drank a gallon of brandy. <laughs> it's lubricating. I'm cold proofed. That's why this machine this machine needs solvents running through it. I don't even know what accent I'm doing it there at that I'm gonna, point. I'm going to piss cognac later. <laughs> I have eight drinks a day. That's normal, right? <laughs> Love the cold weather. Love it. Like I don't, I don't really automatically respect anyone for living in a cold place. It's sober, cold people who are like, I haven't had a drink in fifteen years, and I live in none of it. You're like, wow! It's like you killed a dude, didn't you? <laughs> Last week, <laughs> or you're about to. He's under your house. I'm just keeping him there. The agenda for week three is a broad one because we have a spectacular. I mean, really, this is a this is a a solid, hearty, well-cut piece of the college football carcass that we are about to digest here, okay? Um, 
Jason, where, where would you like to start this week if we are looking at uh, the vast expanse? Well, we got to mention Thursday. We have an actual Thursday game this week, and it's a decent one. It's it's Houston going on the road to play Cincinnati. Houston with its playoff hopes and all that. Uh, and uh, I think the winner automatically gets into the Big 12. I think that's in the contract. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if it's not, we're going to go ahead and write it in right now. Right now, sure. like we're, like, yeah, we're anou- like we're announcing stipulations for a for a match right before it starts. The winner, the winner gets in the Big Twelve as long as they're named Houston, because since he's never getting in the Big Twelve, I think since he's getting in the Big Twelve, but 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 not now, because we just made that stipulation. That's true. Oh, we we need to do this too. We need to tease you. Bama and Ole Miss play this week, and we promise that on this podcast we will tell you the one thing Alabama needs to do to beat Ole Miss. To finally, to finally get over the hump. To finally get over that hump. I'd like to introduce that and tease this, by the way, with somebody asked a question, a reader, Colin Brister. He asked a question, who's more likely to beat Nick Saban three times in a row, Hugh Freeze or Death? I don't want to answer that because someone already beat him to it. At Hamp Hickman, who said, Death will beat Nick Saban once. So statistically speaking, Coach Freeze, greater than, greater than, greater than, greater than, sign, Death. Jesus, he has conquered death. He has conquered the grave. Grave, where is your sting? NCAA, where is your victory? (laughs) Oh, oh. Listen, Jesus didn't follow all the recruiting rules either, all right? He was a little oversized (laughs) at one point there. We don't know. Listen, I don't think how, all, how don't, exactly did you feed all five thousand of those people? Me, I don't know. Somebody showed up with one thing of biscuit. One thing of biscuit, sir. How come the Bible never mentions an apostle's transcript? Less be not proud, though LSU may beat us <laughs> with a frightening regularity. Not recently, <clears throat> but we will tell you the one thing that Alabama absolutely needs to do to beat Ole Miss and. What I think is this week's that, that's this week's like highest wattage matchup, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, Especially given what's happened the last what's happened the last two years with Ole Miss in Alabama. Alabama, greatest football program of our time, greatest machine, an organization flawless from top to bottom, from foundation to parapet, a castle of fortress built against football mediocrity for the rest of the world to look up and both fear and respect. What, what's happened? Well, versus Ole Miss. It's it's look, the Death Star got blown up twice, and then they built an even bigger one the size <laughs> of a planet. And well, 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 um, I, I would say Ohio State Oklahoma is probably bigger, but when you say higher but, wattage, I mean yeah, it's to, like to, on to, Fox and to, like how many watts does Fox have? You know to, what I mean? To borrow a phrase from the Five Factor Factor Five preview, um, this this Ole Miss Alabama has the most sheer cussedness to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's 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 bitter hatred here because the football Death Star of our time, yes, has been blown up twice in a row because Nick Saban just can't build an exhaust port that he right. can cover. Right, it's just not happening. Doctor Bo, <laughs> Doctor Bo, how did you get into the detention center again? Damn it! <laughs> this is my favorite my favorite part of, of this whole fiasco for Alabama is this that both times. There have been plays that happen that nothing can prevent. Nothing. Sure. Chad Kelly throws a tip pass, goes off an Alabama defender, should have been a pick, goes directly in Laquan Treadwell's hands for a touchdown. (laughs) And this is what Alabama will point to. And it's delightful 
for to watch them grasp at these straws that Ole Miss has been twice in a year, twice in a row, the better team, not the luckier team. They have been the better team on but, that night. But let's let's we've basted that game. Let's come back. Let's put it back in the oven. It's yeah, nice easy, and, easy. It's still juicy, but it's not time to come out yet. Let's let's don't give away the don't give away the whole store. The secrets, mm, the secrets and the mysteries. Um, yeah, Houston, Cincinnati is 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 Greg Ward okay? I assume he just didn't play against Lamar because you know Lamar has Lamar hasn't been to the gym in like a week and. They didn't really need him to, to, yeah, you to did, take you him need, down. You didn't need Greg against Lamar. Mm-hmm. No, man. You didn't when need you Greg. play a team with with their whole school is named one 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 first name, you just call all your players by their first names. That I week. mean, I guess technically Houston applies there as well. Hmm. Re- well, uh-huh. yeah. Re- we, do, we do know a man named Houston. <laughs> <laughs> ready to help. Ready to help when you are. But yeah, this is not a this is a matchup uh, where Greg Ward is, I guess, okay. Is that is that a game time decision? I I haven't. I mean, we're going to use the magic of the internet. Uh, I haven't heard anything indicating he, he's back in. He was back in practice two days ago. He's cleared to play. Um, He'll play. Whether or not he is a hundred percent? Question mark? Question mark? And they should probably not try to use him more than they have to. But. He says he says he's fine. His MRI served no uh, showed no structural damage, and he received a platelet-rich plasma shot as part mm. of his treatment. Delicious! I know, man. They make that sound so appetizing. That sounds in Houston. Like... It's it's like it's got uh, what, what what what? Let's see. It, it come in like a like a fajita, I guess. Well, I was gonna say it sounds like you know how oxygen bars were a big thing in like two thousand three. This is, I think, the modern day version of the oxygen bar. Yeah, this is it's, it's like fried nano bubbles that yeah. be the Houston way. <laughs> yeah, delicious fried nano bubbles and muscle confusion will take Houston from its current spot into the hierarchy of college football. Houston's already number six. I mean, I understand that there's still a, lo- a lot of season left to play, but it is kind of weird that we are t- usually when we're talking about a, a group of five team, we're like, oh, all right, well, you know, they're they that win early in the season moved them up to. <clears throat> Number fifteen, and they're probably just going to have to watch a bunch of teams lose below them. Houston's already in striking position for a playoff spot. Man, in look the, at in look the eight people. Yeah, yeah. Look at Houston's schedule. Look at Ohio State's schedule and Michigan's schedule. Tell me, tell me, where do their roads diverge? Well, Ohio State, they're they're going to play a real opponent this week. Michigan, yeah, Michigan's dodging Louisville. That's the difference. <laughs> to Ohio State, we say, and then what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be like, man, you know, Houston plays Tulsa. Y'all play Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Michigan's stepping up its schedule, stepping up its schedule again uh, to play this year's worst team in the Pac-12 North, I think, no, Pac-12 South, whichever one Colorado's in. No one knows where Colorado is. The, the, Colorado's the wor- better. The worst team in the non-Oregon State category. Yeah, yeah whichever, yeah. whichever, yeah. Although not this year, I, I, I think... Oh no, Colorado's great. We're all back on the Buffs train. They, they're I, I... out here. Their SIDs making fun of Jim Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. They're wearing uniforms that reference that time they beat Michigan in Ann Arbor with a hail mary. Colorado ain't scared of shit, by the way. They're not. Cephal LeFau, my my chosen quarterback this year, who I will remember as being much better than he is. That's an all caps title. This is our fourth straight episode praising Colorado. I think this is a Colorado program. No, we're gonna write because it's we're gonna do this because it's the year of the bison. So, 
AKA the Buffalo. I'm oh. just extending it from North Dakota state all the way to it's, Colorado. It's, it's like a brain worm of SEO. That's great work. Yeah. I'm working it. I'm working it. But yeah, Cephalofau love Cephalofau. Can't believe he's not going to be a success in the NFL. I actually can't, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. He's an awesome college quarterback, whatever. Um, before we get to all of those, uh, Maybe we have uh, glossed over the importance of Florida State at Louisville, the game where game day is headed. And part of that may be that it's a noon game and it kind of feels weird to be like, oh, the most important game on Saturday is being played at 9 o'clock in the morning on the West Coast. Um, that is weird. That is weird. They throw it. They're going to throw it straight from game day to like, and now the game we were talking and, about. And right? now, yeah, now Kirk Street's going to get in a golf cart and go call the game. Even weirder, the ESPN game right after game day. You know which one that is? That's hmm. uh, Miami App State. Oh, man. Oh, yes, so it America's, is. America's going to go straight from Papa John picking Louisville to beat FSU to what the fuck am I looking at here? This <laughs> team has five national titles. What in the hell? How do I stop watching this? So, the, I, I, yeah, I, exactly. like, like, by the way, the, the immediate reaction will be is Miami lost? Did they get lost? I, my, I, my, my, what happened, Mike? I cannot vouch for the accuracy of the ticket sale, ticket resale portion of ESPN's schedule website. I can tell you this though: tickets they list for the Florida State Louisville game starting at one hundred and sixty-six dollars for the Miami uh, Appalachian State game, two hundred and twelve dollars. Boone is lit. Boone, no, Boone, Boone wants this, man. It is, this is, is not good for Miami. It is, it is more expensive than Alabama Old Miss. It is more expensive than Oregon at Nebraska. Like, this is by far... the Okay, there's the only game that is listed as more expensive than App State, Miami, is Ohio State, Oklahoma. But it's close. Yeah. Uh, on and the other hand, if you want to go see Hawaii at Arizona, ESPN says you can get in for $9. We can get you into that one. We can get you into that one real cheap, real cheap. Family, family, I like that family value right there. Mm-hmm. By the way, like mm-hmm. that's a great idea. Yeah. Today was the day on Twitter when Miami Twitter and App State Twitter uh, finally butted heads. <laughs> there was like App State accounts tweeting like empty Miami home stadium crowd shots, <laughs> and, uh, and and Miami <laughs> fans are going in on on the App State accounts. I think we got us a good rivalry here, y'all. Good, good. <laughs> Finally, one Miami can hold up its hand in. Oh, don't say that. You don't know it yet. <laughs> that's, 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 Let's not bite off a bigger piece and Miami can chew here. <laughs> hey, Ryan, what happened the last time our team played Miami? I don't want to talk about it. What was mm-hmm. that, like six turnovers, something like that? Yeah, that was, so yeah that, was, that was stupid. God, God damn it. So, so they're in possession of the uh, what? What drug paraphernalia item is the trophy between? Well, te- technically, uh, technically, I believe uh, it is some form of a canoe. I think. I think Miami and Flo- I think Miami and Florida the the rivalry trophy is a canoe. It is actually. Was, it is actually Miami a, and FSU. It is actually. Is it Miami a, it's a bronzed uh, Facebook oh, it's post. Florida, it's, the, it's the Florida Cup. It's There's a, also the Florida Cup. Yeah, Miami, Florida's rivalry trophy is a bronzed Facebook post from a <laughs> uh, Miami fan who did not go to Miami uh, talking about how Florida's scared. That's the, that's the rivalry trophy right there. And, and, yeah, Ga- I, and Gators is spelled just how you think it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, eloquently, mm-hmm. eloquently. Yeah, that's how it's spelled. Phonetically, I guess. Would, would... 
That yes, the the winning team was formally awarded the Seminole War Canoe Trophy, <laughs> which is the most Florida thing to give somebody uh, a a used boat. Used boat, <laughs> a used boat from a war that is technically ongoing. A, a used, boat, a boat right. you can carry to a river if a, you want. A used boat that technically neither party owns. Yeah, <laughs> we just stole from someone else. <laughs> a boat that two parties are both trying to get rid of, trying to pawn off on each other. That's yeah. that's why Florida doesn't want to play Miami anymore. Storage on a boat is a motherfucker. Man, everyone on Miami on that team who ne- really has never left South Florida, they're going to just roll into Boone, North Carolina going, what the hell is up oh, with no. these old oh, jacks? no. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Cult- culture shock to an extreme. I will watch the entire thing because that is not – that's a dangerous game. Miami yeah. has had a very easy time in their first two um, uh, encounters. Yeah, between between that game, Florida State-Louisville, as we, as we said, Florida State without Derwin James, which is going to be very interesting – uh, North, North Dakota State at Iowa has interesting potential. Temple at Penn State, yeah, put that on the list too. Noon, noon has some interesting stuff going on for it. Noon is, is it? not the usual uh, just slog through this, just you know choke down this oatmeal and you can get to the next meal before you know it. Yeah, there's very little Big Ten in the noon slate. So oh, I, I think it's so what you're saying. <laughs> you say you say that, and then New Mexico is going to beat Rutgers in Piscataway. Oh, so there are exciting Big Ten games. <laughs> I, I I enjoy that you refer to that like an unnecessary food additive, right? Well, there's right. very little Big Ten in this juice. <laughs> I can. I just, when kids. I think Big Ten, I just think Illinois Northwestern. That I feel like that's. I mean, when I think Big Ten noon game, like that's the defining noon experience. You is know, Illinois you, and Northwestern just slapping the point button. You, now you know who both of those teams play this week, right? Uh, so they somehow both play Western Michigan. Illinois does. So you're half mm, right. Whoops. That was meanwhile, a bad idea. Meanwhile. Yes, there's, there's an L. Northwestern uh, is also playing a MAC team. Is that right? Northwestern gets a night game on Big Ten Network against Duke. 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 Yeah. So MAC team. Uh-huh. So, yeah. so, we, so, uh, so wanna... the big, the big 10 network is going, I mean, I, I actually appreciate what the big 10 network did here because Ohio state is playing Oklahoma in that same slot as is Michigan state and Notre Dame. So they were like, yeah, let's not even tempt people to not watch one of those teams. Let's go ahead and so, put Duke Northwestern <laughs> at eight o'clock. It's aggressive counter programming. <laughs> let's only get ironic college football fans to watch this game. <laughs> It's like the it's like an AP class or something, right? Like <laughs> oh, you're you're way too smart for Ohio. State. Yeah, we, need, we 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 need to invite you over here where you'll really understand the pathos of this rivalry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like the Iliad of college football games in that it's going to be long and boring, and you will wonder why you ever started it. Yes, speaking of potential debacles, let's go to Florida State Louisville because um, they're playing. With, Florida State will be playing without Derwin James. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's not like. Uh, they can't necessarily cover for that. But watching Florida State against um, Ole Miss, they did not adjust very quickly to a passing attack. Uh, Louisville has Lamar Jackson, who in two games is 44th nationally in offense by himself. Let's just repeat that. If Lamar Jackson were playing alone... Selfish. He's selfish. Selfish. Mm-hmm. He would be the 44th ranked school in the nation. That's before you throw in 
a single other person off the Louisville roster. He's astonishing, and he's going to be playing against a team that is uh, down one outstanding All-American level safety. So uh, where's this game again? It's a uh, Papa John Stadium. It's at the Slice. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to the Garlic Butter Bowl. It's at the Big Ingredients. And the big <laughs> God, you know, like what an asshole he would be if he forced them to call it Big Ingredients Stadium. You know what's a real fucking disappointment? Papa, so Papa John inexplicably insists on being in every one of his fucking commercials, even though he's the worst uh, actor in the goddamn world. Against I, against against the like against the strict advice of his employees right, and right. his advertising and, agency. and getting blown off the screen by Peyton Manning and JJ yeah. Watt. Yeah, it's it's oh, <laughs> when you're getting God. outacted by JJ Watt. <laughs> um, but I looked up a. I, I was curious. I wanted to see in the Spanish language Papa John's commercials. You know, does he appear? And yes, he does, but he doesn't say a word. <laughs> and I so desperately wanted to hear to hear Papa John's Papa John saying like "Mejor ingredientes, mejor pizza, Padre John's." I just no. <laughs> Padre Juan. Padre Juan. <laughs> what? If you've I've seen him in person, by the way. There's a lot yeah. of Botox. There's been a lot of Botox and a lot of face. It shape. looks like uh, Ray Liotta at this point. It, yeah, kind of like Ray Liotta's like. I mean, less, like less modern Ray Liotta. Not, not. I'm not saying he looks like '90s Ray Liotta. I'm saying he looks like current Ray Liotta. Don't slam, don't slam '90s Ray Liotta. That man was a killer. Wouldn't dream of it. But yeah, do, unlawful do think, entry. Do you think? Do you think like Papa John is going to pull the Phil Knight and eventually demand? A headset? Yes, I do. I, I think he's going to do that. But based <laughs> and, on what I've seen. And use it to I've, order Papa John's pizza. <laughs> that's, that's it. He'll just be quiet. I, I don't think he'll be like Phil Knight. And then he's like, Phil Knight's like, yeah, you right. guys need to pass more. I have no doubt Phil Knight's like, what is this shit? You guys need to pass more. Like doing the Al Davis, calling down to the field and phoning in plays. I'm sure Phil Knight tries to do that. No, Papa John will just like jury rig a uh, silly straw to his headset and just use it to sip gin all game long. All, all game long. One of my uh, favorite things about being in Louisville is everybody has a Papa John story. Mm-hmm. Like he's been a civic institution for, <laughs> for oh, like no, a generation now. He's, like he's around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I think it was John Boyce talking about, you know, in elementary school, you get Whenever it's like pizza day, you get day old Papa John's. That's just automatic. Every single time you know you're getting leftover Papa John's. Maybe like faulty Papa John's, not enough cheese on it, you know. <laughs> Uncle <laughs> you, Uncle John's. This isn't get, good enough. <laughs> Brother John. Yeah, you get the Papa John's that didn't pass the the exacting standards. I really hope, by the way, that there's I have several Papa John stories, but for like libel purposes, I really don't <laughs> want to. Yeah. You hear those too. <laughs> I don't want to tell them. I mean, there's, there's obviously there was a picture published on Deadspin, which is of Papa John looking completely inebriated. When, Said he when, I think when Louisville won the national championship in basketball, right? Yeah, with with cause. Yeah, with cause. Like, and good for him. If I was like, 
uh, uh, is he a, he's not a billionaire. You can't no, make a no. billion. I refuse to believe you can make a billion dollars off pizza. It just well, seems although, economically According cool. to Wikipedia, he's closer than you think. They say he's worth $710 million. <laughs> <laughs> that seems about right. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, that seems, it just seems like pizza tops <laughs> out. Like, I can't charge any more for this and I can't sell any more of it. Even in like a country full of fat ass gluttons who remain stationary and don't really care about the quality of their food. Oh, what was the Papa John's innovation? This. Was it the little garlic cup in the box? Was that yeah. was that the, the the innovation? It was loading the it was loading the sauce off with fuck with fucking sugar, so it was like you were eating a melted tomato popsicle. Like doughy yeah. springy springy pa- pizza. Papa John's you bite is it. fucking terrible. Yeah. I mean this is... I would I would rather get Little Caesars. The, the I'd utility... rather get Little Caesars, Domino's, Pizza, any of them. Any of them are better than. I'll Papa go. Jones. I'll go. I'll go. Pizza Hut with a hard number one. Um, I feel like Domino's is edible. After that, the national pizza chains. Meh, but Papa John's <laughs> is way down there. <laughs> yeah. Also, I will never forgive them for having the Big Papa song, oh, which to God. me is just to me is just the the sound of like horrendous middle age creeping up on you where he's driving around in a car and there's this whole like awful barbecue blues band in the back going, go big papa, go big papa. <laughs> I don't remember oh, this at all. Oh, it was, it's terrible. It's when he had an entire advertising campaign centering on him finding his car and he found his car, which is like this, like honestly kind of boss, like old Camaro that, that he had to sell at one point for some reason. And he got it back. Now, keep in mind, this is the worst advertising pitch ever because I don't give a shit whether this rich guy gets his car back or not, right? He got his car back! And that was the whole commercial. And they're playing the song in the back that's like, go Big Papa! And you're like, man, this is just like <laughs> the worst ad for Viagra and Botox. <laughs> like, this, honestly makes, this honestly makes suicide seem preferable to aging. Even if I had seven hundred million dollars, seven hundred million dollars, and the, and uh, your seven hundred million dollars, and you walk in and they're like, "Hey, we've got an idea for an ad," and he's like, "I do too. It's me driving around in my car with a badass band playing Go Big Papa." <laughs> I was like, "That's the best you could do with seven hundred million dollars." Oh my God, shoot me! Just put a bullet in my mouth. Worth it. Yeah. So anyway, I think Lamar Jackson is going to have a really great game. And I think uh, I think this is a game that honestly feels like FSU could lose. Like just having seen like yeah, having seen what their their pass defense looked like. Yes, before brilliant halftime adjustments, but I, I don't think that defense is all that. The offense is real. Offense. The, is the, the other the other uh, complete unknown I think at this point in time is Louisville's defense, which returned a, a fair amount of talent and. Um, Currently sits at 18th in the country in yards per play allowed. Granted, consider the competition they played so far c- compared to you know some of the other folks on the, below them on this list. But I mean, this was I, I, if I recall correctly, this was like a pretty respectable defense last year. Yeah, this was they were 16th in the country last year in yards per play allowed. So they they are not in that typical mode of oh hey they can put up all these points and then they're just gonna let you score a lot in theory whether or not that will actually pan out um remains to be seen yeah also, the other th- the other thing for louisville is turnovers because yeah. they have been super sloppy with the ball at times especially wide receivers wide receivers have some drops they've had some fumbles they have not been super ball secure that was a problem for 
Lamar Jackson at times last year. So that's something to watch because FSU has the athletes to do that. So uh, can I, inter- can we go back to Papa John real briefly? Yeah. <laughs> I think we could do a whole podcast <laughs> about Papa John and so, not get sued. Papa John, Papa John, these are all facts. Papa John has a Twitter account that he has not used since summer 2013. And that Twitter account, when he used it, um, followed 24 people. And I'm just going to give you a a smattering of some of them. One is Mario Batali, which I can only imagine Mario Batali's fucking reaction when he found out Papa John followed him on Twitter. Uh, He follows Lance Bass and also the Team Lance Bass street team account. Um, he follows he follows Mount, Mountain Dew, Pepsi, Pepsi Max, Pepsi Co. They are they, Pepsi Max. Yeah. Uh, he follows Taylor Swift. He follows Jerome Bettis and Chris Collinsworth. And he follows Usher. These are just these these are just a handful of the I mean, I'm mostly impressed that he follows not one but two Lance Bass accounts and nobody else from NSYNC. Nobody else. <laughs> well, he's, he's, he's a refined man. He's a connoisseur. He's only going to take Lance Bass. That's all he needs. Lance Bass, the Papa John's of boy bands. You know, he probably follows him because, like, I don't know, he's at a party and stumbling around. He's like, hey. Hey, Lance, hey, Lance I want to go to space. I want to make pizza in space with you. Can it we do that? Like, it does taste like space pizza, right? <laughs> like, this is probably the pizza astronauts have to endure. I think if you put a Papa Papa John's pizza, it's like the water bear of food, right? No, y'all it's got. Y'all, it's, y'all, it's, y'all know about the water bear? No, it's the, got too much. The little indestructible animal. Yeah. No, the problem is Papa John's pizza has way too much oil and butter on it, and in a zero gravity environment, that all starts coming loose. Once that garlic <laughs> butter gets loose, it gets in all the instruments. If you if it slips out of your hands in space, it'll soon be flying at an incredible velocity yep. around the Earth. Yep. And uh, it'll be a danger to future space missions because it'll just puncture right through any 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 uh, any man-made craft. Hey man, that's how, I've that's seen how, I've that's seen how gra- that's how Gravity Two starts. I've that seen Cosmos flies right to the shuttle. I watch Cosmos. We get enough Papa John's pizza out there floating around in space. It starts to collide. It starts to <laughs> build build itself up. Pizza Planet. We got a planet made out of Papa John's pizza. All <laughs> entire make a delicious nebula. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when we mine it for the oil within, look out. Alternative fuel would be brilliant. Papa John, save the earth. <laughs> Go, big papa. Oh, we have to talk about a different game now. Um, oh, let's... man. We get, let's talk about Ohio. Reminder, we are going to talk about Bama Ole Miss and the one thing that Alabama has to do to beat Ole Miss. It's very simple. We will share it with you. First, we do have to discuss Ohio State OU because uh, Oklahoma, uh, they, they have to continue playing football. I know Houston beat them. I know that they only ran the ball like 11 or 12 times, or 12 times with uh, two brilliant running backs. They decided to uh, to not do that. Uh, and despite that debacle, and despite watching Mike Stoops almost fall out of the booth that he was calling his defense from like a crazy person, uh, they still have to play football. And they have to play football against Ohio State, a team that, uh, who's Ohio State played? Let's see, they Tulsa? Bowling Green and Tulsa, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so not nobody that really moves the needle for me personally, which is fine. I know who Florida yeah. I know who Florida's played so far and plays this week. I'm not gonna start throwing those stones. 
in this very glass house. No, no, no. I will say this. Good for you for scheduling a preseason. College football doesn't have one. You might as well build one in. Worked for the SEC for years. I think everyone should do it. I mean, the credit you the credit you give Ohio State for those two games, which granted they're not FCS schools and both Bowling Green and Tulsa have not too distant history of being interesting group of five schools. They're um, decent. They 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 choked the life out of both of these teams. They beat Bowling Green by sixty seven points, they beat Tulsa by forty five. Neither team got to two hundred and fifty yards of offense. They, yeah, absolutely, they they like just just sat on them and watched the life leave their body. I will say this too that uh, in those games, yeah, Tulsa pesky. They are a pesky aggressive offense. They will be they will be good down the road when they are not playing uh, a, a factory like Ohio State. They'll be fine, and, and they're a challenging team to play. They also threw four interceptions against Ohio State, and not because they were charitable, but because they were being pressured into that. So Ohio State's defense is looking really, really good. They're also running the ball real well and doing it with a real diverse attack. Right, I, I think last week they had six people carry the ball total uh, and you know ran for, oh, just a little shy of 300. Let's see, 268. They ran for mm-hmm. 268. Yep, um, 359 the, the week before that. So Yeah, so running the ball real well playing really good defense and now you're going to play Oklahoma. Well, and they still have JT Barrett who I I know what happened last year and I I am still sort of flummoxed by it. But he's still JT Barrett and I feel like he's possibly the most talented player relative to the amount uh we talk about him on a national level. Yeah, that and this when you're running the ball that well and you really don't have to pass that ball, the ball that well against uh, inferior teams. When you face someone like Oklahoma, what can you do, especially against a team that sometimes only has one safety defending a huge amount of the field like Oklahoma does by design? Hi, Mike Stoops. Oh, you can throw play action. You can throw play action all day on that. So, And if that doesn't work, guess what JT Barrett can do? He can just take off and run. He's real good at that. Overall, Ohio State's a way more talented team than Oklahoma. I know Oklahoma has its points, but go and look and at the And I think, I, yeah, I, th- I was going to say Bud would agree with this 1,000%. Yeah, this is, this, is, this is Bud Elliott speaking through me. I'm just, like, totally doing a Bud thing. Yeah, I mean, if you look at these two teams, you know, o- Oklahoma hadn't been anything in recruiting. They've just been uh, – they've been mediocre given for what they are. It's been years since they've had that kind of standard. O- Ohio State's just uh, – they're in another league from them. This shouldn't be close, which I kind of agree with. I kind of think Ohio State should plow – this team this should not be close this should be like a 31 10 game or 31 17 so let's say let's say it's not for the sake of interesting argument because if ohio state does smack oklahoma around in norman i feel pretty confident that they are you know we're gonna be talking about them for a long long time to come if that's not the case and oklahoma beats the buckeyes what do we do with them at this point I sort of feel like that would be like way worse for Ohio State than it would be good for Oklahoma at this point. I mean, we also haven't we haven't talked about my favorite wrinkle in this game, which is so. Some I think some people look at this game and say, from a Houston perspective, 
they probably want Oklahoma to win because that sort of improves their resume by proxy because they can say, you know, we beat a team that was good enough to beat the highest rank, the currently highest ranked team in the Big Ten. Um, it's not that Oklahoma is having a down year or isn't as good as some people thought. They're perfectly talented and we get all the credit for beating them. That Tom, what Tom Herman has done this week flies flatly in the face of that because he is working with Ohio State. Or is he? Well. Is he sabotaging his old boss, Urban Meyer, just to improve Houston's playoff chances and Big 12 chances and his own job prospects? Is Tom Herman coming for that Ohio State job by trying to get Urban Meyer fired? It's so twisted. Y'all don't understand the levels, the devious levels that Tom Herman will sink to. Because he's 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 now fully steeped in old UGK, UGK albums. That <laughs> That's true. All all sorts of all all, all sorts of uh, survival mechanisms that you got to do to get the Ohio State job. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even yeah, see yeah. that coming. I feel yeah, so I naive. Bun Bun B's taught him the ways of the players' code. Over here, he said, "This is where big dog shit." And from there, the education continued. Um, and, now, I and now he gets. Now he sees the matrix. This could be real deep. I would also like to, this is not a joke. Um, so I apologize for it. You can just fast forward 15 seconds if you want. Uh, Bleacher Report had a really interesting sit down piece with Urban Meyer about his history of mental illness and personal struggle and uh, chemically treating some of his problems in life. Not in like a real super major way or anything. I don't want you to think. Well, no, actually, yeah. Urban Meyer it was it was strung out while he was at Florida. Just assume that. Um, but no, you should go read it. It was uh, I thought a really well done piece and a interesting interesting way for Urban Meyer to sort of peel back a little bit. And I emphasize a little bit because there's still a lot he doesn't want to talk about uh, of his personal onion, which sounds like he, a weird sex thing now that I say it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thanks, Ryan. I needed that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, master of the spread option. Anyway, the interesting thing about that Brandon Sneed article that I hadn't really seen was him, and he does. He's done a lot of this. If you haven't, if you're not familiar with Urban Meyer, he's been pretty open about being kind of a screwed up person, it's like a a person who runs at such a high gear and is so obsessive that it often cripples his ability to interact on any other level with humans. Right. To, instance, yeah. To, to enjoy life in a lot of ways. Yeah. To enjoy it. Like he could not, he could not enjoy like he, after they won in 2006, the first thing he did was get back on his phone. Like, I mean, he was right on his phone recruiting. There was no, there was no celebration whatsoever. Same thing with 2008. You know, that's how he got to the point he got to. And, I always like that about him, like like that he's been pretty open about like, yeah, I'm weird. <laughs> like, like, I'm not, this isn't normal. Uh, you really shouldn't be this way. This isn't advisable. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be me. <laughs> you know, like, he's, <laughs> he's, he's done a lot of like, he's not quite, I mean, he's not, I think, a person who's never going to quite be, you know, like, oh, the well-rounded man. He's no. not going to be. You know, he's not going to be the convivial cocktail guy that, you know, Barry Switzer is and, and was. He's not going to be he's not going to be a renaissance man like like Mike Leach. He's never going to be, I think, the jovial color commentator 
who won't shut up like Mac Brown. He's right? never gonna he's never gonna be Steve Spurrier. He's never just gonna be like, Well, let's just go out there and see what we can do. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I still got paid. <laughs> yeah, what I, I feel like what's presented in this story, and it is really good, is this is a coach who, yeah, he works a hundred hours a week and a highly competitive job, but at this point he's learned enough to level up and he knows that he's that person and like right. He, that he's learned little to, bit of he, self-awareness makes a huge difference, and you know, it, I think there's a lot anybody could take from it. It's it's also a very, I mean, in some ways, it's also a piece about his wife Shelly Meyer, um, and sort of how she was like, "Yep, saw all this coming, tried to do something about it, but turns out my husband's a stubborn jackass, and he had to find out the hard way." But I, I still helped him. Uh, and like I, Urban, I, I, Urban, Urban Meyer literally married a mental health nurse. Yeah, right. And, and I really appreciate Shelly Meyer because. I think it was uh, – no, I wasn't still at Florida. I was back in Gainesville for some reason. No, because I didn't go to Florida during the Urban Meyer years because why would I have nice things? Um, she uh, – a friend was in line at some autograph thing and asked Shelly Meyer to give an opinion on the terrible mustache I was sporting at the time. And she looked at me and she just gave me a thumbs down. She is an honest woman. <laughs> She will tell you, no matter whether you are her husband she is or a total a, stranger. She, she is will a hit no you with bullshit. The facts. She is a no bullshit kind of lady, and it was a terrible mustache. You were right, Shelley. Yeah. So hey, let's just hope for. Well, Urban she does Meyer. out for people. That's true. Let's just hope for Urban Meyer's continued mental health that they do what they should do on the face of things and beat Oklahoma handily because Oklahoma. The other thing about Oklahoma too, they got pushed off on the line. Yeah. Like they got they got shoved around, and I don't think that's a real promising thing if you're looking at playing Ohio State. No. Um, no. Can we talk about the game I know the least about? Well, sure. Ole Miss, that's Ole Miss Bama. No, 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 no. We 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 know the secret. We're just not sharing it yet. We're gonna get there. Um, <laughs> Michigan State's number 12 in the country right now. They've played exactly one game. That game was against Furman. It wasn't a particularly, like, oh, man, they're clicking on all all cylinders kind of game. And they're playing at Notre Dame, who's number 18. And I... uh, This is one of those games that just makes me feel like rankings are meaningless, and you shouldn't look at them and be like, well, you know, Michigan State should win this game. Necessarily? Uh I just... Oh, man, I... I understand preseason rankings are stupid. That said, we've had a lot of shakeup in them already. That's why LSU is currently number 20 in the nation and why, well, there are d- different reasons why Washington's number eight, but that doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know what, to, I, I have nothing informative to say about Michigan State at this point in time. No. I, this reminds me a lot of the game last year, USC-Stanford, which was, I think, also week three. Um and USC was number five. No one had any idea why. They were just there. It was just like you look up one day and there's a portrait on your wall you've never seen before. I don't know who this <laughs> man is. Someone put a picture of an old man on my wall. And then Stanford came through and took it down. And, and it was like, ah, oh, top five upset. Um, I don't really have any reaction. I didn't. Okay. All right. Next. Anyway, like it was, it was during a bigger game that didn't have the same rankings implications but actually mattered. 
And like whoever loses this game, it's just going to be like, yeah, I guess, sure, I guess that team would rank in the 10s. Yeah, no, it's, it's, just, it's just weird because it's one of those things where we will, whoever wins it will carry it around for a while and be like, well, look at what they did against ranked opponents and blah, 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 top 20. But it's, I don't know, it feels all pretty meaningless and stupid. Yeah, let yeah. me give you this too. Uh, Notre Dame, I know Michigan State will be no great shakes on offense because Mark D'Antonio uh, doesn't really uh, care. Uh, how any of these numbers work as long as they get a win just doesn't He's like what are we an all punting team today that's fine right, right we can we can score like that it, it's don't ask how we'll just do it like that we can, we can score when you punt that's fine too that's fine we'll score when you punt or we'll show, we'll not, show or none of us none of us will score we'll show up in la- we'll show up in lacrosse gear and challenge you to backgammon we don't it doesn't sure. matter win's a win nobody said it had to be a football win yeah, Michigan State's fine with ugly, and I would also point to Notre Dame being uh, brilliant at times on offense and deplorable at times on defense, because I know Texas will be better on offense. Over the next couple of weeks, there will be this gradual coming down to uh, reasonable expectations, because I think <laughs> Notre Dame's defense is kind of kind of bored, because I don't I- think... <laughs> Well, just real quick, Texas plays Cal this week, so there <laughs> comes another fifty. By the way, Next, so after a week, after a couple of weeks down the like maybe a month down the road, eventually someone in the Big Twelve will play defense against Texas. It will happen. Will somebody? Because I mean, we usually count on TCU for that. And uh, whoa, <laughs> Kansas State. We got we got Kansas State. Apparently, Bill Snyder's the only one who can redeem Notre Dame's image. It's not even like they're going to play defense. Kansas State, they're just going to be slow. <laughs> it's all Kansas State does. They're like, why? Just, just dribble. Just waltz. we're going to use up the shot clock. Waltz and up to the line. You Take know, a look around. Pass it around the three-point line. Just yeah. easy. Oh, easy. Draw the foul. Just draw the foul. The most college basketball, college football team. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the Wisconsin of yeah, oh, like yeah. forty six, forty two, perfect game. Perfect. The automatic Twitter argument between basketball fans of college football teams. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what we're looking at here. I, I but I you do, watch Kansas State and instead of the NBA, I don't understand it. <laughs> I, I do th- I do think Notre Dame's defense is bored. I think they have some issues. You shouldn't be giving up that many points, and just they didn't. They, they didn't look together. They they didn't really. Yeah, they they looked discombobulated, and they didn't really look like they didn't really look like they could defend the pass that well. I don't know if they were fully prepared for that being a you know two offenses at once that was executed like shockingly well, and it was an overtime game, which inflates the scores a little bit. Sure, you gave away too many points, but um, you know they they looked how they should against Nevada. Um, I'm not overpraising Brian Van Gorder here, by the way. I'm well aware this can go off the rails uh, as it did in Week One, but I, you know, I'm not that worried about Notre Dame's defense at this point. Huh? I guess. I well, how's this? I wouldn't be worried about them against Michigan State. No, they'll be fine. This <laughs> week. Don't worry. This will be six to three. I don't know who will have the six though. Um, so we we've talked a lot about the the ranked matchups, and and they're going to be all interesting, worth watching, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we should also. I've been doing a project that every day should be Saturday, where I'm trying to predict how many coaches to uh, within to one decimal point are going to get fired in the SEC West. Last week was super low key, especially with Arkansas not actually blowing the lead against TCU and LSU not actually losing to Jacksonville State and things of that nature. Um, 
this is not that week. There's no. gonna be a there's gonna be a lot of a lot of heartburn going on in the SEC so West. So you started out, I think you were 2.8 after week one, and then it you went to 2.2? Yeah, it was either 2.8 or 2.6, and then it dropped so to 2.2. we're going to crack three this week, right? I feel very good about that, yeah. Yeah, because this is what we have dubbed Anxiety Week! Mm-hmm. It. Mm-hmm. It's all off-season. We've been looking at, uh, I think, A&M Auburn as the anxiety mm-hmm. bowl. Like, I, I think Godfrey was the first to use this term because it looked like these coaches are on scalding seats. And, you know, right now, Kevin Sutherland's looking pretty good. I mean, you, you beat UCLA and they're ranked was 17th or something. I'm not looking at this stuff, but uh, I think someone can absorb a road loss without, you know, a hot seat talk at this point. Yes. Gus Malzahn can't. <laughs> yeah, and neither, not a, not uh, neither can Dan Mullen or Les Miles, who are playing each other at the same time. Yeah, there's that one. So, yeah. like, this is, this is a anxiety bowl double header this is where we this is where by the way we start to get conference play which means you have zero sum propositions for instance you mentioned the biggest zero sum proposition of all uh someone has to win and someone has to lose and be put in a really bad position in mississippi state lsu yeah like a real real bad spot because ordinarily msu losing to lsu well so what well, once you lose to South Alabama, so what goes out the door? <laughs> you you, you got to make up. You, you're, you're in the hole. How are you going to make it up? Yeah. So, it, <laughs> yeah it turns and out when you're Dan Mullen and you've been there, what, five years and you basically have not won a single upset game. You know, it, it's like every single Mississippi State game turns out exactly how it should based on the end of the year when you look back at things. I mean, yeah, they have a few, you know, a few big good wins in that span and he's done a good job and all that. But very mm. little, very little, you know. Uh, landmark overachievement. They've also a really got good they've time al- for that. They've also got something which I think is now in a, a pattern people recognize, and which is not healthy for a coach's overall outlook. Which is, oh, your magnificent quarterback just left. Well, I'm sure you'll find the kind of production and talent you found in him instantly. Yeah, this is this is this is the Gene Chizik phenomenon. Correct. A little bit. There's a little is bit it, of that, yeah. Is it good for Mullen if Dak just tears up the NFL and he can say, well, what was I supposed to do? Look, that guy's gone. Look at him. I guess yeah. so. I get, that buys you, look, it buys you a little time. But you see like, him on Sunday Night Football every week. What am I supposed to do? If the further, they, you, the if, further if they, you get away from that guy, the worse it looks. If they're one and two and the only thing – I mean, the win against South Carolina is certainly better than a loss against South Carolina, but it is – that game is – the minimum payment due on your credit card. It is not going to keep you afloat for a long, long time. You ain't paying any interest down with that one. Yeah. Uh, the good news is, I looking ahead at Mississippi State's schedule for like the next month or so, they do have a road game at UMass next week. What the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, 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 uh, hey, Miami fans, just bear with us, okay? Because, um, listen, everybody yeah. catches these blues sooner or later. They play – God, they have the weirdest goddamn schedule. They go to UMass. At, so they go to LSU this week at, at night, which does not seem promising. They go to UMass. They host Auburn. They go to BYU, and they go to Kentucky. This is like between LSU, Auburn, and Kentucky. This is basically like a, hey, uh, let's let's do an eliminator match for coaches. Yeah, this is bizarre. But in addition to this, by the way, like if Mississippi State, they're playing like maybe the worst LSU team in a while. Oh boy. Ooh. Yeah. 
the worst. Yeah, the one with the the one with the most glaring issues. Yeah. Because yeah. when you when a, I mean Purdue fans are they they put up with a lot, and now they have to be dragged into the LSU's problems as well. Because everyone says, oh well, when you're playing a Purdue transfer at quarterback, things are real bad. And Purdue fans are like, yes, we know. Just stop talking about us, please. But okay, yeah, it, that that is a problem. <laughs> or they run to, or they run to. We had Drew Brees, or Danny Eiley was actually really highly recruited. It was an elite eleven quarterback. Yeah, and then he went to Purdue. Why? Why'd that happen? <laughs> oh, it's, what did it's, he expect? It's fun because LSU between this game and the Auburn game next week, it does feel like uh, less miles. You might want to sweep those. Yeah. Also, man, that text. Just going back, that Texas A and M Auburn game. If Auburn loses. Oh, good night. Yeah. Am I, yeah. <laughs> can we uh can we take a question? Yeah, let's take let's take let's take I got I got one I want to get to that's sort of along similar lines. Okay. <laughs> From uh Turf Show Times, our NFL Rams blog, formerly of St. Louis, now of Los Angeles. Um, I, br- I briefly thought you said Turp Show Times, and I was Terp like, yeah, Showtimes the Rams are, are, are the Maryland football of the Terp NFL. Turp Show Times, our secondary Maryland blog. You go to <laughs> Testudo Times for the for the above-board stuff. Turp Show Times has got the, the real uncut shit. This, That's where you this, get illegal Maryland streams. These are, the Rams, these are the Maryland posts that fell off a truck. These are the, these are the posts about Maryland players who played for the Rams. Um <laughs> I am not going to be able to give you one of those off the top of my head. <laughs> so sad right now. <laughs> those poor gentlemen. Um, Turf Show Times, are the most uh, beleaguered and put upon blog in the SB Nation network at this point. Uh, it's been through some shit. Can someone please take Jeff Fisher from us? <laughs> we'll throw in our third string QB. Uh, and for those of you who wisely don't follow the NFL, their third string QB is, of course, number one draft pick Jared Goff, formerly the uh, the productive quarterback at Cal. Um, so I started to think about third string. Yeah. <laughs> he is third yeah. string. This, and, 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 not, you know, and who's the backup? Ryan, you probably know. I, I don't know this. And I don't Good want God, to. we don't even know who Jared Goff is behind on the depth chart. <laughs> I'll look it up. I'll look it up. I got you. Um, but uh, so last year, uh, Jared Goff was a top ten college quarterback based on passer rating uh, against various, you know, against FBS, against Power Five. He's he's consistently top ten. We can call him a top ten quarterback, number one pick. No, but uh, yes, he was he was good. Um, um, the answer so, to your question, by the way, is Oregon State's former quarterback Sean Mannion. Oh, yeah. Okay. So. Okay. Okay. So we'll say top 15, top 15 quarterback. We, I'm bumping him down from top 10. Uh, but think about the teams that could really, really use a top 10-ish quarterback right now, even if it meant taking on a like top 63-ish head coach. Because I think anywhere you, like, like Jay-Z said, anywhere you put Jeff Fisher on God's green earth, he'll have his worth, to, to paraphrase Jay-Z. Um, so he's going he's gonna to get you six and six. You're banking on six and six once you bring in Jeff Fisher. But if you have a top 10 quarterback and you have the talent, uh, maybe you can overcome just coaching that just sort of stays out of the way and doesn't fuck things up. Um, and I mean, I think this brings us back to LSU because if there is a team in the country that could just use, you know, a, a, a good to excellent quarterback and a coach that would just sort of show up, it would it would be uh, they'd probably be in better shape this year at least. I mean, recruiting would tank, but uh, I, 
I mean, you 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 take you take that deal for the next couple months. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but you know where Jeff Fisher's son played a little bit of college football, right? And that would be Auburn. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's oh, man. After all this high school spread nonsense, <laughs> yeah. it's time to just get a sensible, bland three squares a day. That's what I always imagine. Like Jeff Fisher is the kind of dude who's, you know, and they're like, yeah, we have a cafeteria. And he's like, Ooh, could I, how many meals a day? Well, you, Jeff, you can eat three. Oh, this is, this is good stuff, guys. <laughs> mac, and che- cap- mac and cheese every, every meal. Well, no, but two, <laughs> two of them, two, two of them. Two. <laughs> that's two. most of, that's most meals. Man, the savings just keep adding up here. Guys, go on. <laughs> I'm over 500 on mac and cheese. Which yes. college team would be most excited to win exactly seven games every year? Maybe that's another way of looking at Virginia. this. Virginia. Virginia. <laughs> Virginia would totally take that. Bring him home. Of course, uh, Jeff Fisher, a USC alum, as gets brought up every uh, 18 months when USC is hiring a new head coach. Um I don't think they need him. I don't think they need these problems. And also, he's showcasing himself in Los Angeles right now. And he's, and he's not even the like USC connected NFL head coach in California, most likely to get the USC job. That would yeah. be Jack Del Rio. That would be Lane Kiffin. <laughs> Listen, bring Lane home. Bring, bring Lane. Bring Lane home. He's learned a lot. Mm-hmm. The prodigal he's, son has returned. He's got all that. <laughs> He's got all those fresh bite marks on his ass from the ass chewing he received from Nick Saban. Got that Saban in the bloodstream now. Mm-hmm. Yep. It ain't leaving. It's, he's, ino- it, it's, he's inoculated. Yeah, he's inoculated. All I that. like how at this point, if Kevin went back to USC, it would be like uh, they've <laughs> redeemed enough to hire him, not like he's earned another shot. <laughs> life is life is so good sometimes. It'd be like he beat all the shit out of him and then made them worthy of him again. <laughs> It's like yeah, this is this is a it's beautiful storyline. It's, story it's a deeply unhealthy have. relationship. Um, <laughs> um, I, 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 I mean, he, he he cleansed them of their of their of their filth. I don't mean. I wanted to I wanted to get to another question that will kind of get to one game I wanted to talk about for about thirty seconds, and that's it. Uh, at Sean O'Mara one asks Missouri, uh, Missouri just scored sixty one points. How should I prepare for letdowns and inevitable sadness? Uh, well. You're not scoring 61 on Georgia. So uh, the way to prepare for uh, letdowns and inevitable sadness is to say to yourself, I will be watching Mizzou, Georgia. That should do it. Just let that simmer. Think about how Georgia beat uh, Nichols by two points last Mm -hmm. week. Two? Yeah, two. You'll be fine. Um, The one question to ask, though, is Mizzou better than Nichols? Ryan? Yes. You yes, think Mizzou, Mizzou, is- Mizzou is better than Nichols, yes. Okay, because okay. we, we, we briefly talked about this exact question earlier, and um, there was some light debate about whether Mizzou is better than Nichols. And I, think, yeah, I, think, okay. I think Mizzou is better than Nichols. Okay. I think, all right, let me, let me amend that. Let me amend that. Mizzou three, at home is better than Nichols on the road. Are they three points better than Nichols? Three. Um, that would be the, that's the home that's the home advantage, right? That's fifteen yeah, cents. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Shit. Okay, so oh. we already decided. We already decided it's going to be twenty five, twenty four. Boom. God. Wow. Twenty five, twenty four. Mizzou. We're wizards. I, that would already be light years. I mean, 
that would be light years ahead of this game last year, which we will never speak of. We might not speak of this one. I mean, really, this might this could this could drag down right I do, back to knuckle territory with a quickness. I do hope that Georgia keeps winning games, but does it so ugly every week that they keep dropping in the rankings? They're and just they're a like, well, Hang on, how did we drop out of also receiving votes? Be like, we saw that shit. You don't deserve it. <laughs> you can't hide. You can't hide on the SEC network or whatever. Yeah, can I give you this too? Uh, another game I wanted to spend about thirty seconds on because it is sort of in that randomized. Wow, I didn't even know these two teams were playing. Uh, we get Oregon and Nebraska this week, do we not? Yeah, that we do. Um, mm-hmm. Oregon cannot stop the run at all. At all. Yeah. No, it's, they're they're real bad. UVA ran on them. Well, it's astonishing. Yeah, they're they're still extremely deficient uh, in terms of rush defense. And by the way, Nebraska we're averaging a little over two hundred. So uh, if they can hold them to, let's see, if Oregon, if you can hold them to three fifty, you might win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold them to three fifty. This is a game Oregon could lose. Sure, good, and it's not even like like Nebraska is way better than they were last year. They're an improved team. I don't. Well, think I mean, they're... even if they're not, even if they're not improved, they're not as snake bit as they were last year. That was a weird season for Nebraska. Deeply weird. Like and it's deeply just not. It's just weird. it's just not playing out as weird as last season was because it can't. Yeah. Well. <laughs> it's, Ryan. it's it's early. I know. It's I know. early. <laughs> Have faith. Have I have faith? Yeah, and I know Oregon can still score, and I know they still have skilled players. But you're going to Nebraska, and uh, they might figure out that you can't stop the run. Eventually, somebody will figure out that you can't stop the run. Oh I mean, my God, Oregon has to play Stanford. Oh, I will. God. I will. I will say this: um, the score of last week's Nebraska Wyoming game deeply misleading. Fifty-two seventeen final. Entering the fourth quarter, though. Uh, it was Nebraska 24, Wyoming 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, this, was the, this, and, was the game, this was the game where like the Olympic lifter almost had the world record clean, world record clean and jerk over his head, and then yeah. it just came down on him. Um, yeah. the, nobody, uh, Nebraska's leading rusher in this game, 15 carries, 44 yards, one touchdown. The longest run they had went for 12 yards. Uh, they yeah. threw the ball really well against... Wyoming, but um, yeah, I don't know. But Brady Hoke has not done a goddamn thing to improve that Oregon defense, and it's pretty funny. It's pretty, it's pretty stupid funny. Job, it's a bro. Day wasn't built in Rome. Oh shoot, <laughs> I messed it up. <laughs> last, last one. Now that we've touched on the hot dog waters are of Ann Arbor, South Florida uh, at Syracuse. Uh, yeah, sure. No, uh, we got a quick one. We got Temple, Penn State. Uh, mm-hmm. Temple wins. I, I haven't even looked at that. I'm just going to assume Temple wins. Uh, they, or they or you can also go Pitt at Oklahoma State, which yeah, boy, but, there are wow. a lot of. That's going to be a lot of feelings in one place. A lot yeah. of an exuberant Pitt team coming in against a despondent Oklahoma Pit, State a team. Pissed got, off Oklahoma State team. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll take. Um, you know, that's one of those things where you want to say, "Man, Pitt's so consistent now." They're going to be great. Oh no! Nah, I, I think Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma State's probably going to win that game. 
Yeah, that's my guess too. Texas Cal, we got Texas Cal, son. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's going to be uh, nine uh, hours long. <laughs> I like that. Uh, it's it's easy to assume Texas is just basically Texas Tech now. <laughs> so it's like you look at Texas Cal. Just go ahead and mentally insert the tech in there, mm-hmm. and that's what you're getting in this game. Uh, East Carolina plays South Carolina. East Carolina already has a Power Five scalp. This so what's year. another? <laughs> um, that would be deeply fun for me. Uh, it, I mean, ECU, every year they just stomp through this their non-power slate, which is like half of the eastern seaboard. Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they beat Virginia Tech annually, seems like, you know, and, and win, beat, win at least one ACC game. Sure, throw in South Carolina. They're an ACC team, right? Perfect. Yeah, uh, you know, they're, they're the stealth ACC team. You know, they oh, the, the if if Auburn is the ACC SEC West team, South Carolina yeah. is the ACC SEC East. Yeah. Now we've gotten to the point in the podcast where uh, you you've made it this far. We feel like we can give you the secret for Alabama beating Ole Miss. There are a lot of factors in this game. For instance, whether Chad Kelly is going to come back and bounce back and have a good effort after a frustrating second half versus Florida State, right? Sure. Whether Ole Miss's very impressive defensive line can rattle a, a freshman quarterback making his debut in conference play. True, true. Also a, a fascinating question. I really can't wait to see actually what, what Lane Kiffin sets up for this because he's been very good at bringing along young quarterbacks and getting production out of them. So Also, uh, this, be- is, this, is a, this is a classic brother battle. We don't highlight that enough, I think. True. You want to see how he plays on the road, too, because this is in Oxford at Ole Miss. Uh, the crowd will be moderate to good loud, right? And if they're in it in the fourth quarter, they will be a respectable degree of loud. So it won't be an easy operating environment for them. It'll be interesting to see how whether Alabama will clean up their play, which is what had Nick Saban so incensed last week when they had more penalties than they've had in three years. Something that Frankly, they cannot do against Ole Miss, given how they've played against them the last two years when they've lost both of these games. Uh, Whether Ole Miss will be able to continue to pull uh, touchdowns and fluke plays and trick plays and turnovers from its sainted ass, as they have done in the past two victories over the Crimson Tide. Whether they can keep up that pace the entire game, as they did not against Florida State, uh, and whether their pass defense will coalesce into something less than a disaster and whether Alabama will be able to take care of that. But really I ask you, and I'm going to ask Jason because I'm going to let him just drop that since we waited the whole podcast for this. What's the real secret to beating old miss for Alabama? Hey! Three times in a row, row, three times in a row, row, three times in a row. 